Hello, hello, hello to my most wonderful family and to Jesus be the praise today. I'm here in the car with a man named Jeff Ferguson. Our friend Chad is with his mom and dad and his sister who came down for Thanksgiving a few days ago. And they fly home, in fact, today, this Tuesday, and he'll be with us tomorrow. But uh, I do have Jeff here driving me today, and he's being uh, very careful today. So I thank you. (laughs) I thank you. (laughs) And Marie Dawn is in the back, so say hello, my dear Marie. Everyone, bless you. We've been working here together on the book. Uh, Dear Jeff is helping me write uh, Mysteries of the Anointing with Charisma Magazine. And he is a songwriter, by the way. He's written many beautiful songs that Jake's has used and Joel Osten has used and other precious people. So today we're going to talk about the anointing. But first, thank you for being my wonderful family. I'm telling you, I am loving this. And it's such a privilege, such a privilege to serve the Lord by blessing you. And Father, I thank you for what you're going to show us today to you be the praise wonderful Jesus and all the glory and God's people said amen okay a few days ago as we were working on the book uh, mysteries of the anointing dear Jeff asked me a question about the prophetic that I think a lot of people may want to know the same thing so I want to talk about it today and I think it's important so please well you know I have felt a drawing as many people have felt a drawing to the prophetic in these times that are unprecedented in my lifetime the political upheaval the economy everything in the world going on there's a drawing to the prophetic Uh, what are your thoughts about that well there's a big difference between the prophetic and prophecy okay so people may not understand that when we talk about prophetic people think about prophets yeah so there's a big difference between a prophet and prophecy. Yesterday, you know, we were talking about the realms of the prophetic, which is the prophetic first, God's word. Secondly, the atmosphere of the prophetic. And then we kind of got into a little bit about the office of the prophet, which, you know, I may want to do another uh, time with you on that. But let me, let me talk about uh, the prophecy is really what you mean. That's really probably you, you want yeah. to know more about when people prophesy, Absolutely. right? Okay. Well, let me just say a few things. Um, prophecy has borders, borders, and the borders are number one, edification. Okay. Number two, exhortation. Number three, comfort. Now. You heard me say yesterday, I'm going to say it again today, that the realms of prophecy, all of them, must be within the borders of redemption. And anything outside redemption is not prophetic. Yeah, anything outside redemption is psychic or demonic. So when people get into things that have nothing to do with the Word of God, then it goes outside redemption. And that's when the danger begins. That's when problems begin, when people go outside the realm of redemption. I heard, uh, by the way, just slow down a little bit. I heard Derek Prince say um, a few years back, he said that the Bible deals with redemption only. 
anything in the Bible in one way or another is connected to our redemption. Even when you read, for example, the story of creation, why is it in there? It gives us the, the God's truth and will for our redemption. That's true. And so, uh, you know, we, you focus naturally in the Bible on the seed of the Messiah through Adam, through, through Seth, and uh, righteous seed in the Bible. But then when, when, when you have uh, portions about Cain and his seed, people ask, why is that in there? Well, because it's connected in one way or another to God's plan for our redemption. And I am so grateful that God used Derek Prince years ago to help me understand that when I was younger. So the Bible is all about the story of redemption. Anything outside that is not Bible, whatever it is. So when, when people in the prophetic talk about something outside the borders of redemption, we have to say, no, I'm not going to listen or accept it because it has nothing to do with my, my redemption. So, you know, anything that people say, whether prophets or whether anything to do with the realm of prophecy, if it deals with anything outside God's plan of redemption. Now, you know, in the Bible, naturally, we have a lot about Babylon, Assyria, Egypt, you know, Moab, Edom, on and on. Because why are they mentioned? Because God used those nations to judge Israel when they sinned or judge them when they came against Israel. So why the Philistines? Why are they in the Bible? Why even are they mentioned in the Bible? Because God used the Philistines to punish Israel when they sinned. But he also used Israel to defeat the purpose of the enemy through the Philistines. So anything to do with the plan of redemption is mentioned, whether it's the Philistines or the Egyptians or whatever. So the same with the prophetic. And I think the, the, the one question people need to ask before someone is, is confused or even harmed by a prophecy to say, what has this got to do with my redemption? God's plan of redemption for his church and my life. So now, but let's, let's talk about what I said earlier. Uh, edification. What is, edific what is it to, ed to edify? It's to build you. So anything that destroys you, anything that brings you down is not edification. So if, 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 if someone comes and says to you uh, something in prophecy, uh, I see your sin, well, that's not edifi you know, edification. No. Prophecy has nothing to do with revealing your sin. As a that's believer. good. That's a good word. No, no, because see, God promised to forget our sin once yes. we once we repent. Okay. But now a prophet, that's a different world. Like like when you think about Nathan the prophet, when he, he came to David and said, You're the man. Yeah. Well, that's the office of a prophet. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about prophecy. Prophecy. Prophecy, prophecy is for Edification, exhortation, comfort. Well, you you don't edify people by by revealing their darkness or weaknesses. 
That's not edification. And that's not how the Spirit of God deals with us. Listen, listen. listen. Um, don't get that close to the car, please. Okay. My, my six, Chad, six yeah. links. Well, no, no, two. for every mile, for every 10 miles a car. A car. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you. No, it's okay. I need Sorry. to back up one more. Uh, it, you're, you're fine. I've got I've, I've to make sure he keeps us safe, sweet people. So, And he's doing a good job. Anyway, so let's just go back and talk about this because it's important. This uh, so-called uh, prophet uh, prophesied over a couple whom I know. And he told the man how he had sinned prior to his salvation and nearly destroyed his marriage with his wife because he began to reveal things about his past that God had said he'd forget once we are saved. So all these things happened before the man was saved and this prophet, so-called prophet, exposes it. Well, that's not exhortation. <laughs> that's not edification either. That's not comfort at all. That is destruction. He wasn't building him. He was destroying him in the eyes of his wife. It brought harm to their family. So that's not what prophecy is. Prophecy doesn't expose. Prophecy protects. So when you think about edification, exhortation, comfort, there's protection and there's memory in that. Memory. In other words, if you don't remember what the man said, how can you be edified when you need it? If somebody comes and says, Thus says the Lord, and they give you a word. And today, I'm just going to be honest with you, and I love you dearly, but people today are looking so bad to hear from God that they look for these people who have a gift. Rather than going to Jesus, they're going to people. And it's gone off balance. We need the prophetic. Please understand my heart. We, I need the prophetic. But, you know, but when it becomes priority, when it takes the place of the Lord Jesus or His Word, then it can be dangerous. And today, in some parts of the world, the prophetic is like, the thing to do in churches if you don't prophesy you're not anointed you know the way they see it well that's not so at all so number one does it edify you does it build you or does it destroy and harm you number two does it strengthen you or does it weaken you exhortation is to strengthen you, they, they're supposed to strengthen your walk with God cheer you up give you joy and then comfort yeah. does it bring fear or peace so a man years ago he's in heaven now called me on the phone gave me a terrible prophecy how evil was coming and such 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 such, such. and then he said I am your answer. I said, no. Jesus is my answer. He's always been my answer. And then I said, you know, I said, I'm not a, an amateur. I reject your prophecy 
because it has no comfort whatsoever. It has no comfort in it whatsoever. It was all full of fear. So I think it's time we as the church begin to judge prophecy. We don't judge the prophets. And I want to repeat what I've said more than once. A prophet is someone number one, or a prophetess is someone number one who is recognized by the church, not by some little congregation somewhere with 30 people, by the church that they have the office of a prophet. Number two, a true prophet, a true prophet is someone that establishes ministries, they establish ministries. Really? Absolutely. You know. And we, we, we read it in the word of God how Moses, who was a prophet, established Joshua by laying hands on him. We read about Samuel, who established prophets in the school of the prophets that he had. Or Elijah. Or Elisha. They all established people in office. In ministry. So uh, there are people like Bill Hammond, who's still, you know, alive today. He's a wonderful man of God, who, whom I look to as a true prophet. But there's a lot of prophets that never called themselves prophets, like Billy Graham, like Youngie Cho, like Oral Robertson, Rex Humboldt, who touched nations and established ministries, and more than that. So but today, you know, people call themselves prophets who, by the Bible definition, are not prophets. They may prophesy, and they do, fine. But are they prophets, or are they simply gifted with prophecy? So you have a lot of people who have the gift of prophecy, and many of them are women. Well, it's in the Bible. Yeah. It's in the Bible. You know, Deborah was a prophet. Hulda was a prophetess, they called them. So she had the office. But the daughters of Philip in the book of Acts prophesied. He had, to, he had girls that prophesied. These daughters prophesied. But they were not called prophets. They were prophets in Acts 13 in Antioch. He didn't draw two. Um, yeah, of course. The sons and daughters would prophesy. Prophesy, but there's a big difference between yeah. prophesy and prophets. Yes. So, so you've got, you've got, for example, uh, Saul, who prophesied in Naot in First Samuel 19, but he was not a prophet; he was a king. But King David was a prophet. Yes. That's the difference. In our Jesus, one of his titles is the prophet. Exactly. So, but we're talking today about prophecy. So, you know, I've seen so much damage done in that area because people went out of the borders of what? Edification, exhortation, comfort. Rather than edifying, they were, they were tearing down, not building up. Rather than strengthening, they were weakening people by what they said to them. And whether then, uh, you know, instead of comforting, they were bringing fear. So it's important today, I think, we really uh, know the word and protect ourselves from harm. 
Now, okay, let's talk about uh, when people come and tell you your phone number mm-hmm. or your address. Yeah, what about that? Okay, that's a very important question. Now, Elisha knew details about the king of Syria and the plan of the Syrian army. He was a prophet. There are men and women called of God that know what's coming. Whether it's famine like Agabus, who knew it? Or whether what would happen to Paul the Apostle if he had gone to Jerusalem? But we have to understand something about this. It's very important. Uh, Agabus, who was a prophet, came and told Paul the Apostle, he, you know, tied him with his own belt, if you remember, and said, if you go to Jerusalem, so will they do to you. But we have to remember that the Lord Jesus told him he is going to Rome. Yes. So what Agabus was really giving him is a choice. Mm-hmm. If you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you. So don't go. But his response was, no, I'm going to Jerusalem because he knew from the Lord Jesus he was given a choice he said you have given testimony you've been a witness in Jerusalem now you have to do it in Rome remember that yeah so he chose that knowing this is where he would end his ministry in Rome but he said he said it doesn't matter if I die that'll be my joy to fulfill what God has given me so Agabus wasn't saying to Paul not to go to Rome He was just saying, if you go to Jerusalem. But Paul knew that Rome is through Jerusalem. He has to go to Jerusalem to make Rome. And that's what happened. And as a result of going to Rome, he changed the world. God used him to change the world. Is that why you said Oral Roberts, Rex Humbard, Billy Graham, because they were world changers that made them a prophet? And that's a true prophet. A true prophet is a world changer recognized by the church as a prophet. And that man can, can speak judgment. Prophecy cannot, but a prophet can speak judgment. For example, Jeremiah spoke judgment on Babylon. And other nations. Peter on Ananias and Sapphira. You got it. Yeah. So a prophet has the, the, the authority to speak judgment. When I went to Oral Roberts, I would always go to Oral before I had crusades overseas to pray with me. And I, I was on, on my way to Liberia. I was invited by the president of Liberia to go and minister. And Oral stared at me for a long time. I got very nervous. <laughs> And uh, after a while, he said, if you go, you, you'll come back in a casket and God will judge you for dying early. What? That's what he said to me. Whoa. It was a, a word of warning. Whoa. Because he's a prophet, was a prophet. Mm-hmm. And, and I obeyed, of course, and listened to him because he is Oro Roberts. Right. And exactly had I gone that week... They overthrew the government. The same president who invited me was overthrown. And a civil war broke out. I would have been there in the, in the middle of that. Nobody knew that. Or Dinakran from India. When I was about to launch the healing center in 
Dallas, Texas, who came and told me, if you build that healing center, it'll destroy your ministry. It was a prophet of, from India. And even Pat Robertson honored his office because we all recognize him as a prophet. And they're prophets today, still. Thank God for that. We need them. Do you think that prophets always know they're prophets? Like Billy Graham some of probably them, Some of them, in their hearts, of course, but, but some of them choose not to be called prophets, which is precious, but they are. Oral Roberts never called himself a prophet. No. Or Billy or Rex. You've never called yourself a prophet. I don't, I don't see my, myself as a prophet. But we all prophesy. Yeah. We all prophesy. Now, God's will is that we all be prophets, like, yeah. like Moses said about Israel. I wish all of God's people were prophets. But that's a high responsibility. With great judgment if you mess up. But prophecy, that's a gift. All believers can have the gift of prophecy. The Bible tells us we are to desire that gift in our life. That's right. So, I will say this one more time. Exhortation, edification, comfort. When it comes to the believers, the believers. Now, let me also say something else to bring balance. Prophecy is also used by the church to expose the sinner among them. The unbeliever among them. It's in the book of Corinthians. When, when Paul talked to the church, he said, when you prophesy, he was talking about the difference between tongues and prophecy. He said, if some outsider came in and you were all speaking in tongues, it will be confusion to him. Right. But if you prophesied, you would expose his heart. And he would, he would say, God is in you. What, so, did that, what did that mean when he said that? Okay. We as the church have the authority to expose in prophecy that there's someone there who is not of us. Okay. Or someone to do us harm. In Sweden, and I don't want to confuse you, sweet people, so, but please hear me out. Within the church, to the church, the borders are exhort, uh, you know, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, if somebody walks into the church, an outsider, and he is there to do harm, God will reveal that to someone in that building for the protection of the church. That's the difference. It's always to protect. It's always to protect. A man walks into a church, city church in Stockholm, Sweden. Pastor, the dear Pastor Stanley Schoberg was my dear friend, one of the largest churches in Europe. He came to kill him. Wow. He came to kill the pastor. He was a, a gentleman from a different religion, and he did not like what that pastor said. And he was an Arab. And a woman, a lady, an old lady in that church, began to speak in tongues, and she spoke in Arabic, not knowing she was speaking Arabic, and exposed the man to the whole church, and then exposed him by prophesying that he was there to kill the pastor. Wow. 
he, he ran forward and repented because she was speaking to him in Arabic about his own life then later the whole church or youth with a mission during the uh, Munich Olympic when the Israeli athletes were killed yes young people from youth with a mission were going around the uh, Olympic grounds in Munich prophesying and speaking in tongues and they were speaking in different languages not knowing they were speaking in the tongues of the people who were there and many were saved and came to the Lord Wow! so prophecy is used by the church to expose the enemy who's there or the unbeliever who's there to protect the church and to bring that someone to the Lord but I'm talking to the church about the church I'm talking to you about you not some unbeliever who comes into your midst that's a different part of prophecy a different part of prophecy but we're talking about edification, exhortation and comfort the big headline is protection protection now that is all I have to say because I'm out of time too but Father I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll give your people such clarity such wisdom an understanding heart about this bless them protect them and build them up and use them Lord in fact I pray you'll use them in the prophetic lift your hands to heaven and ask God to give you that gift Father give them that gift of prophecy yes, Lord. give them that gift of prophecy in the sweetest name of Jesus and God's people said Amen Amen, Amen. now tomorrow I may continue because I think I may want to talk about how to develop that how do you develop the gift of prophecy I'll talk about that tomorrow I think you'll really enjoy that okay in the meantime it's time to give to the Lord's work you know giving is not only the law of God but giving is a privilege giving is a joy because when you love you give and as you give Father I pray you'll bless them prosper them everything they touch will be blessed and multiplied let this be the greatest season Lord for your people financially protect them in the name of Jesus from all harm and God's sweet wonderful people said Amen and Amen alright go ahead and sow your seed today and uh, thank you for being with me yesterday and today tomorrow I think I really want to talk to you about how to develop the prophetic in your life the, the gift of prophecy okay so but it's time right now to give to the Lord's work you can do it on the platform you're watching us on right now or you can go to bennyhin.org our website or simply text BHM 45777 and thank you dear Jeff for your help Absolutely. and for your safe driving today <laughs> okay so love you much and I'll see you all tomorrow bye bye <laughs>